Hello, drama listeners. Happy Wednesday. It's Connor. I was in the middle of watching the premiere of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 3, and Meredith Marks was taking a big sip of her I Heart New York cup when I realized that I've yet to tell you about our Patreon ahead of this week's episode. So if you go to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, you can get bonus episodes of me and Dylan chit-chatting away about theater, pop culture, love, life, New York City. Actually, in this week's episode, we do talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake, which is super fun. But you also, in addition to those bonus episodes, get access to our Instagram close friends where we are constantly telling jokes, spilling tea, sharing memes, giving those sizzling hot takes that we're just a little too nervous to share on the main feed, but we wanna bring you the drama and the content. So get ready for this episode. It's a really special one because we're talking specifically about a play that you need to go see this month and I wanna hear your thoughts. So anyway, listen to this episode, subscribe to our Patreon for $5 a month and enjoy. Go back into our back catalog too to hear every almost three years worth of podcasts. We're bringing it to you every Wednesday and we're going to not stop. So subscribe, Patreon, follow us. Boom. All right. Back to the Salt Lake Girls. On to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, welcome to Columbus. Thank you. This is a podcast first. We've never recorded one from together in Columbus. Usually it's just in New York. Yeah. I just picked you up from the airport. It's our college's homecoming weekend. Yes. I'm fighting for my life. Yeah, I can tell. I'm I'm, I'm exhausted. It it took two and a half hours to get to LaGuardia, which makes no sense, but- That sounds normal if you take the train and the bus. Yeah. Or I guess I should say to get to LaGuardia and through security to, you know, but anyway- what a wild, wild ass week. I know there's something I really do want to talk to you about. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I know one of our guests is going to be seeing it. So I don't want to, you know, give any spoilers. Never away. Oh, I know what you want to say. we both saw Don't Worry Darling this week. At long last. I mean, it was it was one of my most anticipated films of the year. And then yeah. you know, the press circuit and everything around it became, I became less excited for the movie and just more curious. Well, also Harry Styles, arguably the most famous pop star, one of our most famous people in the world is starring in a movie and like i think that's a very exciting moment you're right i guess i kind of didn't think about that that much but you're so right and we love harry in this house we do harry's house i actually love all of them yes in the film yeah florence Pugh is amazing miss flo miss she slayed i mean a watchable performer with such star power i I I was saying to you before i think it was you it could have been someone else but i couldn't think of another actor that i'd want to see in in that role like she carried yeah, she Completely. was incredible. I think she's one of our generation's like really amazing talents. Why am I leaning down like this? I don't understand. You're adjusting to the space. I am. But no, I will she's say, great. can I say, you can. I think the movie is getting unfair negative press. Ooh, say Especially more. Especially about Harry's performance. And I say this as a, as a directioner at heart. <laughs> but I think that his acting is the, the smallest problem with the movie. Yeah, I agree. He and was I, fine. He was fine. 
I think people just want to have, you know, big opinions. And well, the clips that were going around on Twitter were not the most, they weren't hit in his Oscar reel. They were not, they were not being submitted for consideration, but in the context of the movie, they worked much better. Don't you think? Absolutely. I actually thought every, a lot about it was, was great. I think the problem was obviously in in the writing, but like every performance was amazing. Olivia Wilde is, is actually giving a magnetic supporting performance in the movie. She kind of ate. What would I know her from? Well, she famously had a, a, a recurring role on the OC. Which is not in my yeah. But you watched all. Of I it. did. Yeah, interesting. She, she you know what I think it would have worked. Misha. Oh, I didn't know they went gay with it. They went I'm gay with it with Misha for a minute. Oh I know. God. I know. Kind of shocking. Okay, okay. Kind of shocking. Well, listen. I think that the movie was great. It was very high concept. I think it could also have really worked as an HBO miniseries. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I know this. I, I feel like there was one scene in particular. I was like, oh, this some is where the episode would end. Some unexplored things. I know. I think it's being reviewed worse than it is. But I think I, everyone should see it. I tend when everyone like really hates something, I tend to like really try to go in and look for the best. Maybe I'm also suffering from I can be swayed by anything syndrome, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is typically how I am. We also love most things. True. Yeah. Except a play I saw last week. But we're not going to talk about that now. It's drama. It's drama. But let's talk about a play and the stars of which in which something we loved. Your transition was fantastic. Yeah, it was such a fun night at the theater. And I remember when we walked out afterwards of the Cherry Lane Theater, you looked at me and you said, Dylan, that was theater. <gasps> did I say that? Yes, you did. <laughs> and it was so fun. And we we are so lucky to have the stars of this show. I know. And also it was raining and I was feeling kind of moody and like a little tipsy yeah. on their way in. On the way in. And it was really, it was one of those romantic New York nights with like some art. Yeah, I, I like hate myself right now. No, it's all no, true. For sure, for Everything sure. I'm saying is true. All right. So we, you know, we, we rarely do this, but we have two guests with us today. Two for the price of one. Yes. And we are going to bring them in. All right. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. It's double the drama with a gorgeous pair today. This duo are the star-crossed lovers of the off-Broadway transfer of the sold-out New York Times Critics Pick production, This Beautiful Future, which just opened at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York City. Our first guest is likely a familiar face to anyone with an HBO Max subscription, as he starred as Nathan on Lena Dunham's Generation, Tyler and Jerry and Marge Go Large, Ben in Chicago Med, and recurring on Divorce, Evil, and Search Party which is also on HBO Max. This strikingly talented Rhode Island native is making his stunning New York stage debut as Otto in this play. Our second guest who plays Elodie in This Beautiful Future is a Broadway veteran known for her roles as Anne Deaver in All My Sons opposite Annette iconic and Tracy Letts as well as in Lillian Hellman's The Little Foxes with Laura Linney and Cynthia Nixon. While still a student at Juilliard, she starred in Shakespeare in the Park's production of The Tempest. Other onstage appearances include Dead Poet Society, The Woods at the Southwark Playhouse in London and on screen in The Good Wife. She's reprising her role as Elodie in this heartbreaking and profound show. Please welcome to drama Yuli Schlesinger and and Francesca Carpenini. Carpenini. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for Hi. having us. <laughs> Welcome. Also, Hi. you said Generation was Lena Dunham, but I think, I think that it was is. A typo. Was that a typo, or was Lena involved in Generation? No, she was. She was one of the producers. She was one of the executive producers on it. She was. I'm shocked. Sure. Did you ever meet her, Yuli? She was on set a couple days. Yeah. Ah, I'm gagged for her. I love girls. <laughs> I. That's. We, we was, don't have to talk about Lena today, but I know we're diving in, but I'm suddenly curious. Was that show filmed before COVID or during? We shot the pilot like literally right before COVID. And then that happened. Like we got picked up and then COVID happened. We're all like, is it still going to happen? And then, yeah, we shot it God, like almost like a year and a half ago. 
Okay. Wow. I'm you like do that. look a little bit younger on the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed and He's aging rapidly. Baby face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sh- yeah. It's, it's the show. It's, it's aging me. Not at all. Well, it is so <laughs> nice, be nice to have the two of you. It's so, so Your good pleasure. to have you on drama. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Yay. Now I'm, I do want to check in. Are you both doing well? I'm doing very well. We're doing well. I think we're enjoying, we opened last week. So this has been our first week of having proper day off and a proper, yeah. you know, time to relax before the show. And um, it makes a difference. Not, not you know, rehearsing really all day and then doing the show in tech and previews and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm like finally starting to like, I feel like get into like the groove of the schedule. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really nice to have days off. <laughs> so now you just don't have to show up until like an hour before or something like that or whatever your routine is. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, congrats great. to the two of you. It's, it is such a beautiful show, not to take the line from the title, <laughs> but I, I want to just chat a little bit about it and hear both of your experiences because I know, Francesca, you've been involved with it for a while. And Yuli, this is, you sort of have come on at this new stage. Yeah. First of all, do one of you mind giving a brief description of what the show is about? Because I could go on and on with beautiful flowery language about it, but I would love to hear from the stars. This beautiful future follows one night between a young French girl and a Nazi soldier in occupied France on the last night before uh, the Americans enter and the occupation ends in World War II. And it follows one romantic, beautiful, very difficult, challenging, complex night in their lives where they are hoping to have, I think, a really beautiful love moment together and the circumstances of the world and the war and politics infiltrate and they have to deal with that and it's definitely a lot about innocence and culpability and responsibility and empathy Um, but it also is juxtaposed with the story of an older couple who watch all the action take place their modern day and they sing karaoke songs which sounds really crazy and weird and it is Um, But it also hopefully forms into a kind of uh, the stories, while they may not connect exactly, they end up forming, they they speak to these like deeper truths that you can't quite put into words. And so, yeah, it's a very wild experience and we really love it. Oh, that's, I have chills. I know. The the character aspect of it is weird in a way that works. I agree. Um, I mean, and there's the live vocal, the Adele moment. Does the audience usually sing along? They do. Yeah, they 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 always yeah. sing. It's been amazing. Um, it's such a weird moment and like so magical. And I feel like you can't explain why it works, but suddenly the whole audience is belting someone like you by Adele. And mm-hmm. no, it really is. Such a, it, it is such a. It's such a like like moving moment like every time we're like we're there on stage we hear everyone in the audience singing i'm like i'm like that's so sweet it's so nice to just like to i guess like know that they're so there with you you know it's like moving and you're laughing at yourself at the same time which is great yeah it's also you two are pretty much on stage the entire time i mean you enter a little bit in Francesca but I mean the two of you have all eyes on you the entire time and and it's sort of interesting that the older couple in the background is observing it from one side and we're on the other side it's like a fishbowl effect it's it's really interesting yeah 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously, Francesca, you have been involved for a while. What has your journey been with the show? So the director, Jack Serio, is a friend of mine from childhood. I've known him since he was 12 or 13. And we are just very close friends and spent so much of the pandemic on the phone, you know, bemoaning, not being able to do theater and missing it. And then around summer of 2021, he contacted me and he was staying in Martha's Vineyard uh, during the pandemic. And he had known this play uh, because he's just the kind of person who like, if a play is being put on anywhere in the world, he knows about it. (laughs) And so he'd read the play from its previous production in London and had wanted to do it for years. And he said, I have this play, there's a role for you. I think we should just do it outside in Martha's Vineyard for fun because we are so sad of not making something. And so I read it and I thought it was great. And we tried to make that happen, but it was COVID was still too deeply entrenched in life. And it was, it was too late to put it on. But a friend of mine from Juilliard did Red Auto in a little reading we did on Zoom. And we just really liked the play. So we just, I think we kind of still felt like maybe there'd be an opportunity to do it. And then he got the opportunity through this woman, Orietta Crispino, who's amazing, who runs Theater Lab in New York, which is a very small space, to do the show for three weeks there in January. And we just ran with it and took it. And the designers are many of many of the designers are like Jack's friends from school. I mean, they all have incredible careers outside of this, but it was very much a labor of love for everyone. No one was making <laughs> very much money if any at all and it was the height of omicron uh our previous auto at the time got covid 10 days before our first show like it was it was madness and every day we didn't know if it would be able to happen but we just kind of kept pushing through because we really just wanted to make something for ourselves um with people we loved yeah and then we were very lucky and we were able to open the show and ran for three weeks and i think because it was the height of covid no other plays were happening and some outlets came that gave it very nice reviews, including the times. And through that then ended up being like sold out the whole run. Um, I mean, granted it was a tiny space, but um, (laughs) yeah, we were like sold out the whole run and people came and wanted to move it and do it again. And so then not a year later, but 10 months later, we're doing it again at the cherry lane, which is just a total dream. And when Jack and I, when we were going to do it on Martha's vineyard, we would joke. Yeah. And then we'll transfer it to the cherry lane completely joking and then it ends up coming true so it's amazing and now we have brilliant yuli yes when had you guys known each other before did you meet for this project no No, we we met met the day before we started rehearsal yeah you you have such great chemistry thank you thank you she's she's great to work with he's not he's not good to work with he's not good to work with at all but no i'm a i'm notoriously a knight (laughs) we wanted y'all so (laughs) no the two of you really capture that innocence and there's a bit of night naivete going on and i just i really love the play i would love to read it you know now that i've seen it because i think there's a lot of interesting yeah. nuances the, the the conversations that they're having as kids who maybe in some ways feel like they're a little bit more grown up than they are or maybe they had to grow up in wartime it's just it's haunting it's beautiful it's it's a really really great piece and the cherry lane is so cool what else have you have you yeah. ever seen any shows there previously i've seen lots of shows there um it's so historic and it's so beautiful and i always say to people to try and sell them on coming to the play 
you know, you don't have to walk through Times Square. You get to be on the most beautiful street in the West Village around the best restaurants in New York. Like it, it makes for a really beautiful night at the theater, even if regardless of the success of our production or whatever, just to go into that gorgeous theater is such a treat. Yeah, I feel really lucky to be doing it. It's a street that's on this so quiet and so like peaceful. I'll show up like yesterday, I got there like 40 minutes early and I just sat outside on a stoop and was just like, oh, this is the perfect fall day. It's so nice. Yeah, it's sort of like the New York that I always dreamed about as a kid. Like when I walked down that street, it just feels magical and special. And I, I agree, everyone should definitely check it out. And it's really close to the subways too, so. Has it, I know you guys just opened last week, but have you been getting good response in this run of the production? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, every anytime I like step out of the theater after the show and talk to like people who saw it, I mean, they just, it's been really sweet to hear people's responses. Everyone is, everyone I've talked to has really, really loved it and been really moved, which is all you can ask for, really. Yes. And people leave with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And that, is, I think, for any play is wonderful. But particularly this, for, this piece is, inspires conversation. And it's really, I've, several times people have come up and been like, we're going to go to dinner and have an hour-long talk about that. And yeah, That feels really right for this play. You don't walk away yeah. with answers. You walk away with questions. And what is it like working with the legends of the stage? Um, forgive me, Angelina, what's her, Fortisselli? Fjordalisi. Fjordalisi, okay, okay. Um, and Austin Pendleton, what is it like working with the two of them? Incredible. <laughs> I mean, yes. they're both just like amazingly kind and giving and fun and smart. I mean, it's just, I, I, I feel very lucky. And he's also like directing something, right? Like simultaneously, or he's going to be? Austin's the busiest man in New York he was model i mean this man's stories about show business are unmatched he was the original model of the taylor he directed elizabeth taylor and the little foxes on broadway i mean he was in my cousin Vinny. like there's no one that he doesn't know new york theater is made through relationships people have to this man it all links back to austin <laughs> Pendleton. yeah truly and there's a bit of a connection there for you too, Francesca, because you were also in The Little Foxes. Yeah, he, he did the Mike Nichols production. He was in it as Leo, and then he directed Elizabeth Taylor in it. And then I was in the most recent revival. So love it. Very special. Was that your Broadway debut? Yeah. It was, yeah. With Cynthia Nixon and Laura Linney, right? Oh, exactly. My God. That is Two so queens. crazy. Were they, were they flipped roles every performance? Yeah, there are two amazing female roles in that show and they would switch every night which was like the most unbelievable thing to witness in the whole world oh i can only imagine i can't believe we missed it why did we miss that i don't think we were living in new york at the time oh okay yeah okay that's so cool i i think that it's really cool too that these plays that are coming back like revivals they they have the playwright's name ahead of it like it's lillian hellman's little foxes and i it's interesting that the only person we don't really get is william shakespeare like shakespeare's you know because all of his plays are just so like we know who who it's by yeah we know yeah (laughs) um (laughs) you know both of you have have done incredible things we mentioned that yuli you had you're an HBO moment. We've talked about Francesca being on Broadway. We want to get into a little bit more of that, but sometimes it's helpful for our listeners who might be just getting to know you for the first time, just sort of learn about where that bug bit you for the first time of performing. And Yuli, I'd like to start with you. We call it the Ring of Keys moment. And it's basically this, it's taken from the musical Fun Home. It's a moment when a young character named Allison identifies with another person for the first time. 
and sees herself. And I'm wondering if you had a moment where you saw yourself pursuing a life of the arts or acting in any way. Yeah. So I think it really, it all started in high school in Providence, Rhode Island, where I, I had the much coveted role of soldier number two in Antigone wow. at my, at my high school. I have, I really had like no interest in acting or anything in the entertainment industry at all. Up until then, I really just, the theater teacher called me one day and was like, hey, someone dropped out of the play. Can you do it? And I was like, sure, why not? I go up and I say two lines. I think I, I, think I literally go up and say, halt. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. I really, that was, that was, that should have been my Tony moment. But, um, <laughs> but no, I really, I got up on stage. I was, for one, extremely nervous. I, I wasn't exactly a very extroverted person in high school. And so I was terrified to like be on a stage. But then as soon as I went out there, it was just like the most electric feeling to me. And it was so amazing that like, I don't know, it's just, it was, it was so empowering, I guess, in a way. I mean, especially like playing a, a soldier. I mean, it was just like, that was the moment I was like, this is really fun. This is really, really fun. And I could like, I can like do this. And I really, I never anticipated having any kind of, I never thought I would make a dime doing it. <laughs> but I knew that I really loved to do it and it felt really great to me. So that was when I was like, I want to, I want to give this a shot. I love that there's a bit of a full circle to it as well, that you're playing a soldier now and your I know. stage debut. Antigone is a pretty heavy play for high schoolers. You, you took the, the words from my mind, Dylan. <laughs> I know. I remember reading that at like sophomore year of high school. I kind of forget the plot. It's but... like a rebellious young girl. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an old Greek play. Um, it is very heavy. They would do really heavy productions at my high school. They did the Pillow Man at one point, oh and I was like, I was like, that's a little that's intense. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a there's some some scary elements to that play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've always I've always wanted to do that play. I think that play is amazing. But yeah, that was um that was the that was the moment. And then they all started in high school. Did you keep doing the plays in high school then? Yeah. I mean, I went to a small high school and they would like the student productions weren't exactly, you know, weren't high budget or anything. We did them (laughs) in like a basement. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did. I can't remember what else I did, but I I know we like, you know, I at least I started taking like improv classes at, at my school after that. Cool. Which was terrifying. Um, but a lot of fun. Improv is wild. I know. I know. I, but it is it is fun, but it is like very scary. It really puts you to the test, or at least did for me. It was an improv comedy, or was it just like improv? Yeah. Improv? Okay. Improv comedy. I need to see you do some improv comedy. At some point. <laughs> I think that's all right. I think I think we're both better off with you not seeing me <laughs> try and do improv comedy. <laughs> but those are obviously great skills to carry with you just as an actor in general. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Totally. Okay, so Francesca, we know that when you were in college, you made your New York debut with Shakespeare in the Park. But before that, was there maybe a, a, a Ring of Keys moment that might have occurred for you? Yeah, I always was performing around my house when I was little. Started, as I'm sure for a lot of people, with like singing Disney princess songs. And so my mom put me in a, you know, kids acting class when I was five, probably. And I just loved it. And so I've literally just done theater my whole life. It was all I ever did, all I ever wanted to do. But when I was 13, 
in eighth grade, I played Emily Webb in Our Town. And I mean, it sounds silly to say now because I was 13, I'm sure I was giving a horrible performance. (laughs) But my experience inside of it was that it was the first, I'd done a lot of like musical theater growing up and it was the first sort of dramatic role I did. And it was when I was starting to get to an age where I could sort of conceive of something deeper and I remember coming off the stage after the first performance and I cried for like two hours. I couldn't stop crying to the point that my parents thought something was wrong with me because <laughs> I just felt so lost in it. So inside it, it was, it was that like, you know, that drug thing that actors, especially stage actors, I think talk about where it's rare that it happens, but you chase that feeling of being totally lost inside something. Mm-hmm. And that play is also so beautiful. And I, I know a lot of people, one of my best friends, Natalie Margolin, who's a playwright, she also played Emily when she was in high school. And I know a lot of people who doing that play at some point when they were young, because it's done so much in middle schools and high schools and colleges, is a really formative experience for them in the theater or just as a person. And so from then on, that that was like the most important thing that ever happened to me because it took acting from something I was like, I love this, I want to be an actor and made it something much deeper um, inside me. Though again, I'm sure I was horrible in the play, but um, <laughs> in terms of like my, the, 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 whatever that thing was that I felt on that stage that day when I was 13 is like still the thing that makes me push through all the very difficult things about being an actor that is how much I love that feeling. Wow. How profound. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's I mean, great. I don't know if I've ever had a moment like that where I've been like so lost in something that mm. it, it just spoke to my soul in that way. I guess I'd have to do a little thinking on it, but that's yeah. Cool. I mean, it's rare. I don't think it happens that often. It's that like magical. And I don't even know if it was like lost. Like I fully thought it was Emily Webb. It was just, I don't know. It, it was, it was just a really, I had a wonderful director, Jenny Russell, who spent so much time with us, you know, imagining every part of the town of Grover's Corners. And we would do like imagination exercises of, of um, sledding in the winter. And it was, she was just so immersive and treated me so much like an adult. Like it wasn't like a director directing a kid's show. She treated me like I was a real actress and it was very empowering. And she really taught me the beauty of, how rewarding it can be to just like invest so fully in this imaginary world. So yeah, I also shout out to Jenny Russell. Yeah. Shout out. I love that so much. I think that it's really cool. And I'm sure that you were fans of a lot of the people that you've eventually gotten to perform with, but where has there been like a pinch me moment, whether it was with all my sons or with little foxes of, you know, Annette Benning or somebody like that, that you were just like, Holy shit. I can't believe I'm. They've all been pinch me moments, to be honest. I mean, the little foxes was so special because it was my first, it was my Broadway debut and that's like all I've ever wanted my whole life. So, and you know, it's the kind of play that doesn't get done that often uh, anymore and seeing them switch roles, seeing two women whose careers I respected so much be so transformative <laughs> every night in these two different roles was just amazing. But I've been very lucky and all of those big names, you know, you're so excited when you get the job, but you worry, will they be big egos? Will they 
be not nice to work with. Like you just don't know these famous people, but everyone I've worked with has been so warm and so lovely and so obsessed with the theater. Like even Annette hadn't been back on Broadway. I can't remember how many years, but it had been like decades. And she was so excited to be there and so enthusiastic. So it's very humbling actually to work with people for whom it's still ultimately about the play no matter how big their careers have gotten yeah. you're like oh that's what I mean I'm strong for being at Benning but you're just like oh I hope that I carry that sort of genuine relationship to the work with me forever oh that's so beautiful now Yuli you your mother on generation was Martha Plimpton what was she like yes. working with all these iconic she was people. amazing <laughs> No, <laughs> no, she was a she was a riot. She was just like always so so much fun. She just like really brought such a like energy to set every single day. She was so kind to me, so sweet and patient, and really just like just a lot of fun. She was a lot of fun to work with, and obviously incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah, I love that you played a twin. You know, Connor and I know a thing or two about that. Um, <laughs> Our, our relationship is a lot more um yeah we don't yeah connor doesn't hook up with my boyfriend or anything. right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there ever like a scene or anything where you were like i can't believe i have to film this and it's gonna be i mean in the opening then the pilot you're literally oh <laughs> jerking off like it's <laughs> yeah yeah no that was that was yeah it was like one of the first things we shot doing the pilot and i was like all right i've never really like done this i don't know i'd been acting on screen in like small episodes of things here and there but it was my first i'm 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 one of the big parts in this pilot and it's for hbo and i was like and i'm just there's gonna be so many people watching me jerk off i was (laughs) every time anytime anyone's come up to me ever and been like oh i loved you on generation then my first thought is like you have watched me jerk off (laughs) that is my there's like a there's a video of the scene on youtube with like Twenty thousand views, and I'm like, that's horrifying. Yeah, like, the, pilot, the pilot's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, that was like kind of a little mortifying at first, but also, I mean, that's just like what you do, and that's part of the fun of acting, right? Is you get to do things that you really would never expect you would do. So uh, yeah, no. I mean, the whole the whole process of filming Generation was really just a lot of fun. We all got so close. And that was, that was really special to me. Yeah, such a talented cast. I'm really hopeful that it ends up somewhere we can see it again. I know. So weird. That, yeah, that's crazy that it was pulled from HBO Max. I also noticed, I saw like um, an article just yesterday. Netflix is also pulling several of its own original shows too, which is making me feel like yeah. weird about the streaming era, which I feel like we all knew it was going to go in a strange direction at some point, but when like a, a distributor is getting rid of its original content, it its just own content, yeah. Pause. yeah. I know, I know. The whole streaming thing is so it's so funny to me. It's basically a, it's basically cable at this point. I mean, right. there's like 20 million different streaming services that you need mm-hmm. to like watch the things you want to watch. Now it's ridiculous. Yeah. I wonder if you can buy Generation on like iTunes or something. Do people buy things on iTunes still? Maybe I have not bought something on iTunes since like 2014. <laughs> <laughs> no, not since I like missed the episode of Real Housewives of New York and was like, I need to watch it now. <laughs> right. you, are you, obviously it hasn't been on the air for like a year, but Francesca, do you, are you a Roni girl through and through? I'm, I started watching 
the housewives with my dad on the first season of orange County. My dad watched it and I watched it with him. So I've watched all of them, but I would say the last two, three years, I haven't been watching any housewives and it's really weird. There's some fatigue, I'm sure, having watched for 16 years now. Yeah, it's been a commitment. It's been a commitment. And I need to make some room for some new relationships in my life. Other than (laughs) Richard who and Dallas. They they came into my life like April 2020 during like the early days of COVID. And they've Mm -hmm. really, they've held my hand. They've carried me through these trying, you know, years. Totally. So you kind of, I think, traded them off into my life, Francesca. So I think (laughs) Yuli, are you Enjoy them. <laughs> I used to, wa- I, I, I do watch a lot of reality TV, but at he this point, I Island. kind of, I love Love Island. That's a commitment. Um, please, I, I don't know if any of you guys watch, no spoilers. I still haven't finished the most recent season, but it is maybe their best season ever. I was told to watch UK, like the UK Love Island. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don't watch the American version. The American version is whatever, <laughs> but the, the British version is incredible yeah i love i love reality tv it's like most of what i watch did you watch this season of big brother you know okay i've never seen big i've never seen Uh, big brother ever but i've heard really good things i know well i used to watch it probably for like six or seven years but i again fatigue with it it was Mm -hmm. it was getting very similar but apparently this season was unbelievable week-to-week reality television so i feel like i really missed out on yeah on like a very communal watching experience but Wait, I'm curious, Yuli, because you obviously have done screen. Now this is your New York stage debut. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the route you want to take? Have you, have you, is it intoxicating <laughs> to you? And similarly, Francesca, start thinking, do you want to make the move to screen ever? We'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I always, I always wanted to do theater. I really, I never anticipated doing TV and film Ever, frankly, when I was reaching out to agents to try and get representation after I dropped out of school, I, I got an audition with my agency and I went in asking for a theater contract. I was, I was dead set on it. And then they came back to me and they said, how about TV and film? And I was like, sure, I've never <laughs> done that. Um, I don't know how to do that, but sure, I'll give it a shot. And I've kind of just been doing that ever since, um, which has been amazing. I mean, they're so, they're so different to me. They're so, so, so different. And I think they're both really a lot of fun in different ways. I would love to keep doing more theater, obviously, definitely. I'd love to do theater, film. I just love acting, you know, I'll, I'll do it wherever and whatever I can. Do you sing? No, absolutely not. Not even a little bit? Not even a little bit? No. Okay, okay. No, no, no. All right, just was curious. Uh, Francesca, so I know you did The Good Wife. Any any other, do you have any other aspirations for the silver screen? I would love to do more film and TV. It's funny when people ask this, it's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's you have to get to a certain place in your career where you're like turning things down. Like, uh, please, if more TV and film came my way, I'd be very happy to do it. But, you know, primarily it's been theater. And I think theater, theater is my love. I can't imagine that would change. Um, I'm always going to do it. But I would love to do film and TV as well. And it's just about, like, what opportunities yeah. come your way and who, you know, wants to work with you. Um, you do sing. I do sing, yes. I need to look up some YouTube. 
We'll offline about it. Okay. <laughs> You're like, so I've fun. wiped the clips from the internet. <laughs> there, I don't think there are any clips of me singing on the internet. No, I, I, I do sing, but I'm, I would say like actually musical theater is probably the thing I'm the most picky about what kind of things I want to do because also it's just like such a musicals are huge commitment of your life a play like at the most will run for six months so um musical is a much larger thing and they're very hard they're very hard oh yeah it's honestly sounds like hell at times your whole life is devoted to those couple of hours every night yeah and like the anxiety of your voice and all that it's it's a lot Oh, I hear you. Connor and I, one of our best friends asked us to sing a Taylor Swift medley in her wedding a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and Connor and I were being divas. We were like, we can't, we can't talk the night before. We can't drink. Totally. The wedding weekend, there's <laughs> if, a- if I have a, if I know I have a singing audition, like my whole life for that week or two weeks, whatever mm-hmm. before it becomes, oh, is there something in my throat? Oh, am I getting sick? Am I getting sick? Like the whole time it's, Yep. So anxiety-inducing. That was you. That was me. I know. Well, I mean, we, we don't sing though normally, so it's whatever. But anyway, oh my gosh. Okay. So we're starting to wrap up here. But before we say goodbye, we always like to end with a dose of drama. This could be something that has been on your mind or in your heart, something you want to share with us that you've been consuming, you want to promote, rant about, rave about, spill on. It could be absolutely anything. And I have to say, I'm going to kick it off. Okay. Because I'm still riding a high. Last night, I saw Carly Rae Jepsen's concert at Radio City. Y'all, I realized something during this. She did like 30 songs, which, and it was every song you want to hear. She sounded amazing. Call Me Maybe. She did Call Me Maybe. She work, did it. She work. did it. She went from Run Away With Me into Too Much. It was really, wow. it was, it was sensational. I realized while I was standing there, knowing the words to every single song, having the time of my life. I stand her in the purest way in that I don't follow her on Twitter. I don't follow her on Instagram. I know almost nothing about her personal life, <laughs> but I love all of her music. And I think I just love her. And I realize this might be the healthiest relationship I have to any sort of art I consume yeah. in that I just love her songs and I'm happily singing along and watching her flit about the stage at Radio City with a bunch of mostly gay men. And it was really, it was spectacular. I really, I was, I was gagged. I was gagged. My only, the drama about it though, is there, you know how, like when you're at a venue like Radio City, there's those huge screens up on either side of the stage. So everyone can really see a close-up experience. There weren't screens. You you really just kind of had to squint and stare if you were from the back, which which it was. Were you in the back? Disturbing. No, we kind of got good seats and they were not expensive at all. Oh, that's awesome. They were like orchestra on the aisle. Yeah, it was it was good, but honestly, I'm I had the time, time of my life. She really said That's so fun. Yeah. Um, that sounds you, so fun. Wait, are y'all Carly Rae fans? I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Carly Rae fan, but Cut to the Feeling is just like one of the best songs ever. Absolutely. It hits so different. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. really... Boy Problems also goes so hard. <laughs> I love that so song. Hard. I love that song. I know. I love it. My friend was asking me during the show, he's like, wait, so is this song about like a girl whose friend is actually secretly in love with her. But I was like, no, I think it's, that's not the point, but maybe like it, it could be whatever. <laughs> Art is um, huh. up to your interpretation at times. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Um, okay. Dylan, do you have a dose of drama? 
Oh, I have a few, but I'm going to go with, I, before everyone, you know, said not to watch it, I did watch Dahmer on Netflix, you know, because now the families have said, don't watch this. And I completely respect it. Oh, they did? The families of all of the victims said, don't watch this. Wow. And I have to say, it is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. (laughs) It is foul. Jeffrey Dahmer is a sick, was a sick person. Yeah. But Evan Peters is so talented. And it's tough when you have someone who's really magnetic in a role that's really really disturbed but um wait that's for wild. once i'm not telling you to watch something i'm telling you not to watch something and that would be dumber that's true <laughs> drama that the families were like yeah this is what did they say like they said we're, we're so we're re-traumatized oh oh mm-hmm. that's so sad horrible absolutely horrible is the show like kind of good or is it bad like in terms of a a scripted television yeah, I think series it's, it's put together well it's just like really sad Niecy Nash is in it though I will say oh, I and love. she turns it she turns it she does mm-hmm, mm-hmm, she does mm-hmm. Evan Peters is great yeah he is he was so good in Mayor of Easttown did y'all watch that on HBO Mayor of Easttown he was so good in Mayor of Easttown he was amazing oh it's so good he was amazing in that do either of y'all have a burning dose of drama to dig into I'll do a burn of dosing drama yeah on my favorite post show snack that i'm just loving so much it's toast and jam okay you get home from the show you're hungry you need something satiating but you want something a little sweet toast and jam man it's everything you get some good Kerrygold butter you spread it on there Mm. you do a blackberry or a raspberry or a strawberry i also like marmalade because i'm british it's just, it's really good. And then lately, I've also been kind of digging into an English muffin post-show, which is new for me. And it's changing the game. It's really good. Also with jam? Yeah, with butter and jam. Sometimes I'll do peanut butter on one side and a little honey. Wow, you switched that. <laughs> I'm just loving. I think it's really, it's, oh, it's my joy. Every night, I'm like, I can't wait to go home. Do you have tea with it? I weirdly don't drink tea, even though my parents are British. My whole family's British. And they drink like eight cups a day. And I don't like it, which is very weird. But that's my dose of drama. My dose of drama is my love. Mm, that's great. I am a I'm a peach jam kind of girl myself. Ooh, so good, so good. Mm-hmm. And then there's sweet. like jelly versus jam versus marmalade versus like a compote. Oh, I love a berry compote. Mm-hmm. With like um like a like a pancake. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love it. You're so British. That is a fun <laughs> dose of drama. I want that. That's now. my dose of drama. We've got stuff. I, I, mean, I have I, English muffins actually. Okay, here. we're gonna yeah. consume that later. I know. I'm telling you, anyone who listens to this is gonna like go out and get an English muffin, and they'll thank mm-hmm. me. You, yeah, you sold us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your drama, Yuli. Any anything on the tip of your tongue? My dose of drama is just—it's irrelevant to you guys because it's about Love Island. But they—they they, this season they brought back one of the like one of the biggest like villains in history of love island from like three seasons ago and they brought him back on this season and it is like it's everything it's so it's his name exciting his name is adam collard okay um he is six foot five and like he's just like looks like a like a like a machine like he is like built Adam sounds hot, TBH. I might need to start watching Love Island. Six foot five, I'm sold. That's all you need. He is. No, he is. He is hot. That like that's for sure. He's definitely a very, very attractive man. Did he find love? Well, I don't know yet. I haven't finished the season, and that's why if anyone's listening to this and they send me spoilers, I will lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes in? Aren't they like forty? 
Yeah, there's like 50 season. episodes a season. I'm on episode like, I think like 38 or something like that. 39. I'm close. I'm getting there. Oh, how fun. Well, Yuli, when you finish it, you have to let me know because I'm now in, invested in knowing because I love a, I love yeah. a redemption storyline. You know, he, he was on another one. Yeah. Did he find love on the previous season? And then it didn't. Work no, out. no. No, he was like a he was like the like the fuckboy of that season. And now they've brought him back and he's like he's like, no, I'm really looking for love this time. <laughs> and it's it's amazing. Okay, I might I might need to start watching because we've Connor and I fame you left Bachelor Nation and this seems like a good it seems like the Bachelor in Paradise aspect of Bachelor Nation. Mm-hmm. But okay, okay. Well, you two are so fun and you're you play such serious roles. I mean, although there are some moments of levity in the show, I will say. <laughs> like the ending, which I won't give any spoilers away. Yeah, no spoilers, spoilers but I gasped and was sh- it clutched my pearls and my collarbone. And I was like <laughs> kind of shaking at the end, but yeah. It's like the best ending of a play ever. Yeah, it, re- it really is. <laughs> Seriously, well done on the on the show. Everyone needs to go see it. You're running until, is it end of October? October 30th. And yeah. then you're going to have a Halloween celebration the next day or that night. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that folks who go check it out, there's lots of different ways you can get tickets, the links and everything we'll put in the bio. Now, where can the, can the two of you be found on social media? I'm on Instagram. I think my Instagram is just my name, Francesca Carpanini. Easy. No Twitter. No Twitter. No, no Twitter. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is Yulschlis, which is um, you know, it's it's not my name, but if you you know if you look up my name, I'm sure it'll it'll come up. There's not there's not many Yuli Schlesingers out there. Yeah, is Yuli your your first name or is it like a nickname? No, it's my first name. Whole thing, three letters. That's awesome. What what is the etymology of that? Is it like something European? Uh, or? No, my parents made it up. Frankly, wow. really, they were gonna name it Ulysses, and they looked up the meaning, and apparently in the book that they looked it up in, it said hateful and wrathful. <gasps> So they just decided to cut it. In it's half. a sweet name. I've never met another one. So that's really neat. <laughs> Francesca is also, of course, a stunning, stunning. Name. I know. I would have thought Italian, but when you said British, you. I was like kind of thrown for a loop. Uh, my grandparents are Italian, but the whole rest of the family is British and Welsh. Oh, you two are so wonderful. Everyone needs to go and see the show. Follow the two of you online. And while they're following y'all, people should be following us. We're at the Drama Podcast. I'm at Dylan McDowell. Connor is at Connor McDowell. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama! Drama.